Professor Suma Athreya, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're at the CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel looking at China and uh, the rise of the BRICS here. You were looking at China and India in the global R&D economy. You focused very much on patents, didn't you? Just tell us a little bit about what you found in your research. Uh, there's a reason that there is such a, a vast amount of uh, R&D offshoring happening to India and China, and this is to do, in my opinion, with the uh, demographic uh, change that has happened in Western Europe where there's an aging population, whereas in India particularly there's a very young population which is more technologically malleable. So the aim of our research was to look at uh, whether uh, India and China are uh, becoming hotspots for patenting by domestic firms or foreign firms, and uh, did the quantity match up with the quality of patenting? Well, can I ask you, did the quantity match up with the quality? Who's best on quantity? Who's best on quality? No, if you look at the quantity, then China has vastly more patents than, uh, many more patents than India. Uh, but if you look at who owns those patents, you find that in China it's uh, sort of evenly distributed with, between domestic and foreign firms. India has fewer patents than China, but uh, Indian patents appear to be more highly and uh, more high quality in this sense that they get more forward citations. So when you patent, then other patents use your patent. And the number of people who do that is sometimes seen as an index of the patent's value. So one thing we found quite consistently, which we can't explain because we don't know why this happens exactly, um, we found that Indian patents receive more citations than do Chinese patents. So their quality is measured by the number of citations seems to be higher for Indian patents. And also there's a difference in the type of organization that patents. In India, it's uh, public sector labs and foreign firms that are driving a lot of the patenting. And in China, it would be the, the, domestic. Gl- the domestic brand brands. Well, yes, domestic firms are probably using this technology as a basis for branding because a lot of Chinese patents are also design patents, so they go with uh, product designs. And, and if we look, if you like it, Professor Peter Williamson's fascination, really, with how quickly China can get a brand, how quickly it can innovate, its engineers, its bringing things to the market so much quicker than America or, or other Western uh, economies. Do you think the patenting processing is key in that, in terms of putting in your patent early and, and then working on it? No, I don't think patenting is so necessary for the kind of innovations that uh, Peter talked about in the seminar. Uh, However, patenting just uh, does show a sort of uh, sensitivity to the issue of technological ownership, which is key to higher value-added activities, whether it be in production or it be to do with the quality of goods. So certainly the fact that Chinese firms show so many design patents associated with their utility patents shows that they are thinking about the products and the markets that they're going to target with these patents. Wasn't the old view of China that it copied the products of the West and then sort of sold them almost, if you like, as counterfeit products? Are we getting over that, and if you like, moving to a new decade, not just in terms of China overtaking Japan or China overtaking America as the number one economy, but but in terms of, of the kudos of owning a Chinese brand too? Yeah, uh, I think this idea, that it's, first of all, patents are granted for novelty. So if someone was doing something you already did, you wouldn't be given a patent. And we're looking at USPTO patents, which are which scrutinize this quite effectively. 
so what we find is that there is certainly a large number of backward citations in Chinese patents which suggest that these patents are more incremental in nature. So they are not, you know, radically new technologies, but they build incrementally on existing technologies. But to the extent that a patent is granted, it, it is for a novel uh, extension. It is not, uh, it's not an imitation, so certainly not counterfeiting. And if you're looking to the future, does your research on patents give us an indication of who's going to win this race, you know, China, India, or, or, or perhaps that's not what it's meant to do? Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, uh, it's, it's really uh, going to... What it tells us is that China and India are in pretty different technological areas. So uh, the foreign firms that locate in India are not likely to be the ones that will locate in China. By and large, Indian, uh, the, 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 the patenting in India is in organic chemistry, which is to do with generic drugs. Um, it is in the pharmaceutical and cosmetic sector, in IT and in telecom, and in China it's largely in electrical machinery, the sort of examples Peter gave, you know, with fridges and so on. Uh, it is in the area of consumer goods, uh, and it is in the area of, uh, uh, there is some overlap in the area of IT. So uh, the technological areas seem to be quite different. So I don't think that this is a race in a traditional sense. But yes, I mean, there's a race for the labor force because foreign firms are exploiting uh, both countries' labor forces. Uh, and uh, how that pans out is, is kind of difficult to know. But what our research shows very clearly is that uh, the, the, the way forward to using these scientists and engineers for a global company is through having international teams of inventors rather than, you know, saying that my Indian subsidiary will do this or my Chinese subsidiary will do that. So we may well find, as we've had President Ho sort of visiting President Obama, going on tours of Britain and Africa, we might well find China and India working together in the future. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. We don't find too much evidence of that in our data set. But yes, let's, we should hope so, yeah. Uh, Professor Suma Athri, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today here at the CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel, China and the Rise of the BRICS. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much.